0: Everybody, welcome to my show, my so-called fabulous, and I'm Tiffany Blackman, and you have all listened to me for so long now, and I'm so excited because I am an influencer. I am an influencer, and I am wanting to bring influencers on the show, and that's what I've done today. I'm so excited to bring you a Fort Worth influencer, Sassy Teacher Chic. Hello, Sassy Teacher Chic. Hello, how are you? I'm great, and everyone, she does have a name. I have called her Sassy forever (laughs) now, but her name is Jennifer Gilmore, and Mm -hmm. I have so much to talk about with you. I don't even know where to begin. Oh my goodness. But welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Good. Well, how are you
1: doing? I'm doing good. We're growing. I guess you see here, we're six months along with baby boy.
0: He's due in November, so oh, very excited. Okay, so I have watched Jennifer with this baby, the most fabulous reveal A boy girl with the balloons, the blue balloons. I was so excited. She was wearing a blue dress. And her husband, of course, is like throwing money up in the air. I mean, but you have a little girl. Jocelyn's nine, right? Yeah, she's nine. She's nine. Can you believe it? How how long? How how quickly they grow? Yes. uh, Yes and no. It's like overnight. And I
1: think what's really special about this is they both almost have the same birthday if he's born in November. So she's November 2010. And he's November 2020. So we're going to have
0: a 10-year gap between these two babies. 10-year gap. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. And I couldn't be happier. (laughs) Isn't that the truth, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I want to talk to you about a few things, but we have so much to hit on because, you know, as an influencer, Jennifer, um, people ask me a lot, why do you do this, especially at my stage of the game? And it is to help people. Yes. And with this podcast... I'm learning. So you find your niche, you know, and we're going to talk about your niche, but you find your niche. And what I really enjoy about this podcast and influencing is teaching people from other people, giving my life lessons, but teaching what you know and what you've been through that you can help young, old, middle-aged women and men. To be a better self, right? Yeah. Is yeah. that why? Now, why? how did you get into influencing?
1: Um, it started with a scarf. In 2015, I bought a blanket scarf and I was trying to, trying to figure out how you wear this big old thing. <laughs> so I got on YouTube and I found a blogger by the name of Wendy Nguyen and she did 25 ways to tie a scarf. And from there, I found Jean Wayne. And after Jean Wayne, I found other amazing bloggers. There's too many to number. But I was like, wow, I learned so much from these ladies virtually. Mm -hmm. I was able to kind of hone my own personal style and gain self-confidence. And then after a while, I began to notice. I'm like, well, there's nobody that looks like me. Um, A lot of the individuals that I was following at the time, this is what they did full time. And as you know, I teach elementary school. I just wanted something for the everyday girl. Right. So I decided, I was like, well, um, this would be fun. But it was really my husband that pushed me. He's like, you, he says, you have a style of your own. You're conservative, yet classy. He says, you should share. I'm like, no, He's you should do it. No. <laughs> and um, he pressured me. And then after a while, I thought, well, this will just be kind of fun. Right. We were at a crossroads in our life where... Um, My daughter was three to four years of age. I was looking for a hobby, something to do, something fun. So I got into blogging and I love it. Yes.
0: Love it. And... And I have read your blog, I do my homework on my guest, and I love your blog. And Jennifer, you write so eloquently. I mean, you're highly educated, of course, and very smart after what I've read on your blog, but your blog is just so, it's like reading a novel and I love it. I love it with your life. And we're going to talk about your life, but I love when you said, I really didn't, as a teacher, Mm -hmm. as a new teacher many years ago. How long have you been teaching? 15 years. 15 years. Mm -hmm. So I read on your blog, you said, I really didn't know how to dress, right? I had no clue. You didn't have a clue. No. So you were, again, looking at these other influencers Yeah. and 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 you started. It started with a scarf. And then from there, you know, how do you
1: be eloquent? How do you present yourself? I know the business world, you know, the power suits and the high heels, but I work with children, snot, glue, um, play-doh. How do I dress? Do I dress like the 15 year old that's in high school or do I dress like the professional that I am? So it took some tweaking. i
0: bet. I'll bet. And then there's a part of your blog that says, this is great for you teachers out there. And we're going to talk about the education system here in a minute, but the teachers out there, there's a teacher's corner. I was a teacher. Mm -hmm. I didn't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, back when I started, right when I graduated TCU, I made nineteen thousand a year, and mm-hmm. and and I got two thousand extra if I was the director of the drill team. Mm-hmm. Total of nineteen thousand dollars, and to me that was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't go to Nordstrom's, or I are you kidding? I mean, I couldn't go. It was how to dress and be a teacher. But back then, you're, you're too young for this. But we had to wear pantyhose.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm not generation I remember pantyhose. I'm not generation that rebelled and I rebelled because I had this little girl that would sit on my lap during church and she'd kick her feet and she'd wear hose in my pantyhose. In your pantyhose. And, and after a while I'm like, I forget it. I'm not doing it anymore. I'll just make sure it covers my
0: knees and we're just gonna go. <laughs> we're gonna go with it, yeah, right? We're just gonna go with it. So the pantyhose and I remember wearing the knee highs. I mean the Mm-hmm. And I taught high school. So anyway, different and I was 21 years old. Yeah. Yee. Mm-hmm. Seniors, they were almost my age. So it was a it was a different time wearing dresses and things like that. But I love what you're doing and I love the teacher's corner. So you do that and you talk about different vendors and different shops that right? Yes, yes.
1: Specifically for teachers, we teachers, um, educators in general. We have a professional degree. But we don't make as much as many other professionals, say a doctor or a lawyer. But yet we have similar in education and as well as our continuing education. We have to complete 150 hours in professional development every couple of years and resubmit that. But yet we're not paid as much as those other professionals. So you have to shop smart and instead of bemoaning your situation, You need to find what works for your budget. Absolutely. Okay,
0: so education, let's go ahead and just tackle this. (laughs) So unfortunately, we are still in the pandemic. We are. And um, I appreciate you so much coming up here. I mean, I I just can't tell you how much I appreciate you um, being pregnant and um, in the education system. So I do not want to get political on this at all. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about your feelings about... The school systems and where we have been in the last five, seven months now, Mm -hmm. um, what's going on? Like what? I mean, should the kids? I mean, do you you have an opinion or I mean, are you going back to school or your children? Would you send them? I mean, are are you free to talk about that?
1: Oh, I'm free to talk about it. Um, I've given a lot of thought to it. And number one, nobody is going to be happy. No way you spend this, whether you put your children in school, whether you choose to keep your children at home, education for the longest has been a one-size-fit-all in many people's opinion, but COVID has really gone to show that it is not. Each family has their own situation. Each family has their own circumstances, even each ch- each child. Some children learn well virtually. Other children do not. Some parents know or have the art of teaching their children. Some parents do not. And so COVID is just really going to show that nobody's going to be happy.
0: So you have to do what works best for your family. So are there now my child's 21 and she's a senior at TCU and I'll talk about that, that education in a minute, but do some where are we? Are some school districts saying you must come back to school? No one's saying that, are they? Are they or do we know? I mean,
1: in our local area, we have our major school districts, which is Fort Worth, ISD, Arlington, ISD, Dallas, ISD. What's happening is many of those schools wait for that major school district
0: to see what they're going to do and then they copy. Okay. So that's it's, what's yeah. happening. It's almost like the the sports, the conferences and the sports absolutely mm-hmm. so and I agree. um, we were talking Paul, to Paul earlier, my producer, and you know, the children that are left to, on their own, that's what makes me so sad and and for there, I saw an interview recently, a woman in Philadelphia, mhm. I, she can't afford computers for all her four Mm -hmm. children and the virtual learning. And my heart bleeds for, Mm -hmm. for that population we're leaving out. And then again, I have friends with degrees like yourself and my, my, myself and you, they can't teach their children. They, they're like, I don't know how to teach my children. Um, And then there's people that are flourishing, Mm -hmm. right? And you went last semester, did you? Online. Online. Mm -hmm. So were you Zooming or what was, how did that, how did that work?
1: We taught as a school district, a combination of Zoom and Google Classroom. Okay. And so I taught via Zoom mostly for my children and put their assignments on Google Classroom. And I think that they did very, very well. And it was because I understood that I'm not teaching to master;
0: I'm teaching for consistency. Those are two separate things, right? Oh, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you really are. I mean, consistency yes. across the board, and you know your students at that point. You you knew your students, yes. so you. When you start, is there a school day start? Just how far behind I am. Is it September?
1: Is we it? start September eighth as a district, and it's going to be virtually only for four weeks. Right after the first four weeks of school, they will reassess the needs of the district, the needs of the city, and then decide if they're going to open in person. And we're hoping and
0: praying that <laughs> this is gone. I mean, that would be wonderful. That would be the best, the best case scenario. You so, asked about my daughter. Yes, my daughter will be home. Um, be
1: at home going virtual instruction this year. Um, that was, uh, I'm pregnant. Right. If she goes to school and she gets sick, there's a possibility that she could bring it home to me, my husband and our unborn child. Sure. And from what I'm seeing in the news, if I catch COVID, I could go into labor early. I've been on deemed time risk. Mm-mm. My placenta is in the way of his delivery. So if oh. I go into labor early, That puts my life in jeopardy and his life in jeopardy. Unless this placenta moves, I'm looking at a scheduled C-section. Right. So we need to take that risk off the table. And I think what was so nice about our personal circumstances is my nine-year-old wanted to stay home. She's like, I don't want to make the baby sick, mommy.
0: No, not at all. I
1: love her selflessness. In that regard, mm-hmm. my husband works from home. So we happen to have the circumstances where whether I'm required to go into the classroom or not, he can still be at home with my
0: daughter. Exactly. So That's... we made that decision for her to go virtual this fall. That's right. And, you know, and there's a, the, two, the two schools of thoughts. You have two career people that have to be out of the home. Mm-hmm. And um, I see that. I see that a little bit. And we understand completely. Mm-hmm. And because what you said in the beginning, this is so every situation is so individual. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to someone the other day and they were quite upset about oh gosh, somebody that was had a strong feeling about mm-hmm. COVID. And I, and I said, you know, everyone, this is so personal. It is. It is so personal. Everyone has compromised health underlying or someone knows mm-hmm. someone. So of course it is. And I've said that to my husband. We talk about um, this a lot. And I said, you know, you think about our grandchildren that would go back in the classroom and they're not going back in the classroom um, with their schools. Going back into the classroom, coming to our home, And, and if one of us is, I'm not compromised, but bringing in that Mm -hmm. to our home. Mm -hmm. So you have to think through that. It's not just the child. No, it's not just the teacher. It's everyone else. And as
1: I brought up before, you have to do, each family has to decide what works best for that family. At this point in our life, I'm expecting, Mm -hmm. and uh, that puts me high risk. We have a little baby on the way that you know, that there's very little you can do for a newborn if they were to catch COVID. Mm -hmm. And then my own personal daughter. So you think about those things. And at this point in our life, that she does not need to be in the public school system. She needs to be safe at home. Absolutely. And I'm
0: trying my hardest to be able to work from home, too. Oh, that's so fabulous. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm happy. Well, I appreciate you hitting on that because that is a a huge topic right now in the world. And Mm -hmm. where do we send our children? I think Georgia started yesterday, maybe earlier this week. Yeah, they
1: started um, yesterday. And then I think Mississippi, one of the other states, started a week ago. Right. And they're already seeing some unpleasantries there.
0: I know. You know, um, someone said, oh my gosh, um, September's so late. We started in September. I started in September after Mm -hmm. Labor Day. We Mm -hmm. never started in August. It was too hot. Back in the day, There was children working in the fields. Yeah, that's why they had Labor Day. That's (laughs) right. They had Labor Day. Absolutely. So, yes. Okay, so your education, you're a business degree, right? Weren't you a business? Yes, I have a marketing degree. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So, marketing the education, you're probably
1: wondering how in the world Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a teacher since I was seven years old. Mm -hmm. And my mom, she encouraged me not to go into teaching by the time I got to high school. She's like teaching. Teachers are not paid enough, um, as we very well know. And many have that opinion. Um, and she named a bunch of other reasons why she didn't want me to go that route. And I'm 18. What are you going to do? You're going to listen to Do what your, your mom mama says? <laughs> I know, right? So I went and I went to the University of Texas at Arlington and got a scholarship there. And I went. I chose marketing. I love to make people understand or what I'm trying to sell, so to speak.
0: There's the influencing.
1: There is the influencing, right. but also how it how it becomes conducive to the classroom is the same way with a child. I have to make that child believe, buy into what I'm teaching. Right. So to me, marketing and teaching go very well together. Exactly. Um, through my um, church, I conduct a number of Bible studies, and so the teaching never left. It was just not something I was paid for. But by the time I started dating my husband, he's like, you know, you are a wonderful teacher. I don't understand why you're not teaching. And I told my husband, I said, well, my mom encouraged me to do this. He says, well, you tried that. It didn't work out so It didn't work well. out so
0: well. Right. It right. didn't
1: work out so well. Long story short, I did get a job in marketing and I was sexually harassed at work.
0: Oh gosh.
1: And I quit. My boss put his hands all over me and I nice. jerked yeah. away from him and he let me go. He let you go. Which was good. <laughs> so then I became, did you a favor. Yes, he did. Yeah. Did me a favor. So I became a substitute teacher. I substitute taught for half a day. And I remember thinking, This is what I want to do.
0: Really? Yes. Half a day. As okay. a substitute, as a substitute teacher, I felt like I had come home. And Jennifer, I did substitute teaching, but I, I had a teaching degree. But um, they were mean. I mean, they were tough. High school. Okay, that's a different deal. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's a different. They just wanted to harass me, and I and I and I was close to their age. I was 21 at the time, right after I graduated TCU. I was too. Yeah.
1: I was too. I was 21 when I started as a substitute teacher. I substitute taught for a year and a half before I made the transition to a classroom teacher. And that year and a half allowed me to substitute teach for high school for elementary, for middle, for the counselor, every aspect of education, I got a chance to try
0: out. Oh, gosh, that's okay. Okay. So what made you decide between elementary and secondary? Um, God made that decision for me. Because you got a job, right?
1: Well, I went in for a fifth grade, fifth, sixth grade teaching position, and the principal loved me because I liked, I like my spunky fifth and sixth graders. You yes. know? I like being able to have conversations with them. I like getting them to think. Right. So I enjoyed that age between 10, 11, 12 years of age. Well, we had our job interview and she says, you know, I love you. You will be a great teacher. However, I just feel that fifth grade position. Would you teach first grade? I was like,
0: sure, I <laughs> first, teach grade. first grade. Like, yeah, that'd be great. Oh my goodness! Of course, you're like, I'll do anything, right? Yeah, yeah to yeah. get a job, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I taught first
1: grade. Oh my god, it was like a circus the first three weeks of school. I I was trying to figure out how do you micromanage these tiny little people? Mm-mm. How do you make them sit still? They may need me to tie their shoes. They can't unbutton their pants. You know, going from. Teaching an 11-year-old down to a 5- or 6-year-old is so different. My house was falling apart. I bought pizza every night for dinner because I'm like, what do I do? <laughs>
0: were you married to Jason yet? Yes, we were
1: newlyweds. Oh, we gosh. had been married for four months. Ooh, wow. That's it was, trying. <laughs> it was. Got married in April, start teaching in August. I'm like, oh, my <laughs> gosh. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding? So first grade. First grade, but I, I like children. I love that aspect of um, being needed. I love to give Mm -hmm. and I'm like, no, God help me to get this job. I'm going to make this work. And I dug my heels in and I got myself a bunch of mentor, mentor teachers on my campus. And they helped me to become the person who I am today.
0: Oh, that's so fabulous. Oh, my goodness. And then you moved on to second grade.
1: Yes. Well, I taught first grade for five years. And then my fifth year, I moved up to second grade. And
0: I've been in second grade ever since. So is that is that is that your grade? Is that your ish? Yes. That's I it. love second grade. Every year, I beg my principal, please don't move don't me. Don't move me.
1: I want to stay here. <laughs> I, I, fifth grade and sixth grade, that was wonderful. But my heart is with my second graders. is that great? Uh, second grade is the last year to be a kid.
0: Is it? It is. It is. Second
1: grade is um, the last year of what's considered primary grades. Mm-hmm. And then third, fourth, and fifth are your more intermediate grades. We start our star testing, our standardized yes. testing. But second grade is that, that, that last year where you still get apples from kids at breakfast mm-hmm. and they still draw you pictures and they're not so sassy. And you can still draw pictures and color and play with finger paint. Now, you can do that in other grade levels, too. Mm -hmm. But when you get older, you're more
0: focused on the testing, the testing. And they love you, right? Oh, yeah. They just love, 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 love their teachers. Oh, gosh, that is so wonderful. Well, that is great. Jocelyn is in fourth. She is going to fourth grade. I can't believe it. Wow, fourth grade, mm-hmm. and she is so tall like you. Yeah, she is all legs. She is all legs, and she's so excited for this baby boy. She is. Oh my goodness, that is so great. So you grew up in Fort Worth. Yes, I've been here my whole entire life. Have you really? And then you went over to Arlington and went to college, mm-hmm. came back and teaching. Now, so um, a little bit about you. So. I want you to explain, because I did read this and you, I love your life lessons from your blog, uh-huh. life lessons, please go to sassy dot and read her life lessons because you will find yourself, I guarantee you followers, you will find yourself in these blog posts and, um, I'm going to take you back. When you were growing up, Mm -hmm. single mom, Mm -hmm. and your mom is your hero. Yes, she is. um, Single mother, and... Many of you have had this happen where your mom is dating someone mm-hmm. and you knew as a child and how old were you when you explained? I mean, think about the chairs going up against the door. Yeah, that was OK. How old was I? Or did you put it out of your mind
1: so much? No, no. I keep it there because I use that as a key to help other children. I was four. Okay. I was four years old, so I'm my mom. She won't mind me saying this. I'll just share. I'm my mom's prom baby. Oh, gosh. <laughs> she, you're only child, right? Um, no, I have a, a younger sister. A younger sister. Okay. I'm my mom's prom baby, and so she had me 19 years of age. And <laughs> prom she, baby. She, prom baby. I was not allowed to go to prom, by the way, because of that. Um, but... <laughs> oh, God. Y'all don't want a prom baby, though. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Girls and boys. <laughs> nope. So um,
1: she married when I was around four years of age, and he was abusive. He was abusive towards her, but she was just so happy to be the single parent who was married. That I think she turned a blind eye to it until he came after me. Oh, And so um, when, after that happened, I decided he had gone swimming with the next door neighbor. Female. Yeah. Okay. Who who he was sleeping with in front of me. Mm -hmm. And uh, they went swimming after one of their escapades, and I decided to lock him out. And I couldn't reach the lock on the apartment door. So I put chairs in front of the apartment door, as I explained in my blog post. And I tried to call my grandmother, and I didn't know her phone number, and I didn't know her name. I just knew her name was Grandma. And I called and dialed numbers and the operator picks up and she's obviously trying to help me. What's your grandma's name? It's grandma. Yeah. He comes home, chairs all fall down. And long story short, he beat the living snot out of me. Mm -hmm. I was purple, green, black, and blue at four years of age. Mm -hmm. And he told me that I had to go to bed without dinner. When my mom got home, he explained that Jennifer had been bad And he was the parent Mm -hmm. and she's going to respect him as a parent. And so my mom didn't come check on me. She didn't come check on me that night and she didn't come check on me the following day because she was allowing him to exercise his right as a parental figure. Mm -hmm. That did not make her a weak woman. Right. Not by any means. It made her a woman who was trying to adjust to her new circumstances in life. She never thought that he would hit me. I think she just thought it was just her. Oh my gosh. But when she did learn that he was abusive towards me as well, I still remember that day. She saw the bruises when she was getting ready to give me a bubble bath there. She goes into the living room. She picks up her purse, and she's got me by the hand. And she says, hey, I'm going to go to Taco Bell. Do you want anything? And he told her what he wanted. And she says, okay, I'll be right back. And we left. We never came back. Never came back. No, we left with the clothes on our back. Mm -hmm. And we went to live with my grandmother. And because of that marriage, I do have a a sister. I have a younger sister that was born because of that marriage, which was very trying on my mother. But my mom is my hero because when she recognized a bad situation, she immediately got us out. Right. And then when my sister was born, now she has two children. She's a single parent. She went back to school. Right. I mean,
0: that is amazing amazing. I love that story. She's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, she's your hero. She is my hero. I've seen you say that on your blog. Um, you know, for the women and men Mm -hmm. that find themselves in abusive relationships, I understand because I have been in an abusive relationship. My first marriage was abusive and, um, I didn't know how to get out. I was so embarrassed. First of all, I was embarrassed that I had made this decision Mm -hmm. and many, many people, said, don't do it. This is not it. And I didn't listen. I did it for the wrong reasons. And it was abusive. And I remember you saying on your blog that you're, that he, you're, and they were married, right? It's mm-hmm. so, like, okay. So your stepfather always told you you weren't pretty yeah. and, and mentally and emotionally abused you. And, um, when I was reading it, I had a little tear in my eye because my first husband, I'll never forget this the entire time we married, which wasn't long, but, um, He, we were driving through a a drive through and the light of the menu hit my face and he turns and looks at me and he goes, you know what? You're actually kind of pretty. Oh, for the first time, the one and only time. And that's when I, the hitting and the abuse, I mean, that it was finally when I broke and went. No more, mm-hmm. no more. And so it took me a while to go. Am I pretty? I mean, my parents always say, "Oh, you're so pretty." You know, well, your parents are. That's what you do, right? Oh, yeah. Build your children up. And I went, "What in the world am I doing?" Yeah. And get out of this. And you know, you 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 said you've dealt with that for years because you hear his words. Oh yeah. Because he told you you oh, weren't you were not, not worthy. Pretty.
1: You're just average. He, um, I don't know why a grown up would do this, but. He was jealous of the attention that his new wife paid to her child. Oh my and so goodness. he just squished me. He'd step on me. Right.
0: You know, um, I am not making excuses, mm-hmm. but t- typically that's how they've been taught. Yes. Right? Is that right? Abusers, I think so. They haven't broken the cycle yet. No.
1: And they just mimic the way that they were treated. However, just because somebody was mean to you, it doesn't give you the right to be mean to somebody else. No.
0: Break the cycle.
1: Yeah, I mean, it has a stop. And then we as women, you can be embarrassed all you want. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But when children are in the mix of that, your life is not your own anymore. It's up to you to take care of your child. Right. So that means kind of going back to what we talked about education, creating a safe environment for your child. That's not the school's responsibility. That's the parent's responsibility. So when you become a parent, Even if you are embarrassed, you do what it takes
0: to create a safe environment for your child. One thousand percent. So at second grade, do you see anything like this? Do you see abused children at all? Oh, yes.
1: Yes. Throughout my um, 15 years teaching plus two years subbing. So I've been in the education system 17 years. I have had called have had to call CPS a number of times. Oh, dear. Most of the time it's for neglect. Okay. Neglect is usually the first step before it gets to abuse, right? And we don't want it to get to abuse. Mm-hmm. Somebody that you're abusing or hurting, um, the yeah, somebody that is being hurt or abused, you'll start to notice the neglect first: right. the the uncombed hair, the unkept clothing, not having enough to eat, being malnourished those are key factors that you start to notice first because you don't
0: take care of something that you aim to destroy. Exactly. Exactly. It's your responsibility, people, if you're having a child, I mean, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the abuse, it's rampant. Mm -hmm. And I do worry about where we are today because we're all, you know, not so much right now, but we're locked in our homes and we are and kids are there. And I know so many kids that I've heard and I've, I've read and watched they want to go back to school. Yeah, they're bored to tears. They want to go back their buddies, their teachers, they're I mean they do want to go back to school and that that just I mean that is, I mean, go away, COVID. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. Go away. Okay, so you moved on. So your mother moved on and married and went to school. Yep. And she, I mean, I, I remember you saying you just loved her husband that she met. So that's my dad. That's your dad. <laughs> that's okay, my dad. Yes. Um, my mom,
1: when she went to college, now she's got two kids now. She has a newborn, and at this time I was five and a half, turning six. She went to University of Texas at Arlington. And she flunked out of algebra. Oh gosh. (laughs) Then there's that. Yep. So she got help at the student center by way of a tutor. And the tutor decided that he liked my mom. Okay. And he chased her for a year. He did? He sure did. And then <laughs> they got married in 1988. So let's see, how many years has that been? 33.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: I think 33. They just celebrated their 33rd wedding anniversary. So that's my daddy. Okay. He's the one that taught me my times tables, my multiplication timetables. He taught me how to drive a car. He's the one that walked me down the aisle when I got married.
0: That's my dad. That's your dad. Mm-hmm. That's it. It doesn't have to be biology, people. Oh, no, no. no. That's my daddy. And he doesn't look like me no. either. <laughs> he has know. the bluest blue
1: eyes <laughs> and the sandiest brown hair. And I loved it. I'm like, this is my dad. And people are trying to make the connection. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I love that story. And
0: they're they're local, right? Yes, they live here um, just outside of Fort Worth in the Crowley area. And close to you guys. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy for you. And Thank she's you. got her grandbabies here. Yeah, she's
1: got her grandbabies. Babies. And is your sister here? My sister is here. She's a newlywed, and she lives in
0: Grapevine. Oh, good, 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 good. With babies, um, dog babies. She likes dog babies. She animal likes babies dog only. Babies. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Okay, so growing up, and then I saw your picture with your braces. But you were quite proud of your braces, weren't you?
1: I was proud of my braces because. My teeth, I have a very small face line. You can't see it with the beautiful mask on, but... <laughs> it is a
0: beautiful mask.
1: I had um, crowding. I was experiencing crowding, and I needed a number of teeth removed, and I didn't think that that was ever a possibility of happening, and my teeth turned inward, and I just was not happy, and I felt ugly, and I had been told I was You've ugly. You have been told that? And mm-hmm. then you're 12, 13, going through that awkward stage. And uh, my mom, going back to my mom being my hero, my mom financed braces for me.
0: Oh my goodness! She sure
1: did. She was in college, finishing up her master's degree, and I still remember her financing braces for me. Isn't that amazing? And I got braces when I was
0: twelve, thirteen years old, and now I smile. <laughs> now you smile. Isn't mm-hmm. that bad? Have you forgotten what your stepdad said to you? I mean, have you put that out of your mind, or does it does it come up ever? I mean, about
1: oh, I've had. Let's see, it's been twenty. Twenty-five years since that has happened. Yeah, I do remember it, but only to help others. Um, and it, it, recognizing those things when I see it. But no, I feel pretty. My husband makes me feel like I'm the most beautiful woman that ever walked the face of the earth, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he's the most wonderful person too. So you you, you surround yourself with good. You do. You absolutely to. do.
0: So you guys have been married how long? Fifteen years. Okay. Now it was interesting to see, especially. Does he do all your photography? Yes. Because he has he has a photography studio, J and J Studio.
1: Yes. he's Jason at jjstudio.com is his email address. J and J stands for Jason and Jennifer.
0: Oh, good. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So, does he do your
1: photography? Yes, he does all the photography, all the video on your Instagram. Um, and if he wouldn't do it. Uh, Honestly, I wouldn't be sassy teacher chic without him. No. We
0: are sassy teacher chic, not just me. (laughs) Not just you. No. Exactly. So what type of, uh, you said he was in San Antonio today on a shoot. So Mm -hmm. what type of photography does he specialize in?
1: everything does he he'll do anything <laughs> he'll do anything he started office with weddings just to kind of get his feet wet and get to know people and from there he went into commercial photography so he's a commercial photographer and a licensed drone operator oh that's great so that is what he's doing actually down in san antonio he is doing drone work whenever a new property is built like, for example, in an apartment complex, you want aerial photos of mm-hmm. that apartment complex. You want pictures of each unit in that new apartment complex. Those pictures are used on flyers. They're used for media. Think about it, anything now you look it up. You look it up on YouTube. You look mm-hmm. it up on Google. We use social media widely somebody has got to take those pictures mm-hmm. so that's what my
0: husband does. that is great drone so i bought greg my husband a drone mm-hmm. about five years ago he crashed it oh yeah <laughs> yep. didn't. It, yep. did. it was a nice one too so yeah we went no more no more drones no so. <laughs> exactly so you guys got married how did you meet we met at church Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we, we go to the Kingdom Hall of Jehovah's Witnesses,
1: uh-huh. and he moved from California to Texas.
0: California boy.
1: Yeah, he is. He's from Simi Valley. Oh, my goodness. And so he moved to, from California to Texas, and we met at our Kingdom Hall, or I'll say church, for those that are not familiar with it. And I liked him. Never thought in a million years that he'd like me, but... I still don't know
0: why. He, he, no. he, did. <laughs> he did. He, he did. He, he was sold, right, yeah. early on. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think we had known each other, I think, all of two months. And just it felt like, I always tell everybody,
0: Jason felt like a long-lost friend. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. And I love how you call him your best friend. He is. Which my husband's my best friend, too. But that is great. So you guys... You initially, so remind me here, and I really want to share this because I have a handful of women in my life right now going through this. Mm -hmm. I have had a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. My miscarriage came a little differently because I was abused. And so I miscarried and uh, best thing that ever happened. It was, that was, that was the Lord taking over. But um, you, did y'all have Jocelyn first and then? Yes, we had Jocelyn in 2010. And
1: then we wanted a little time to just raise her, get to know her. So then we start trying for baby in 2017 and eventually got pregnant in 2018. And we were thrilled. Mm -hmm. Just so excited to finally, you know, here comes baby number two. And we go in for the sonogram. And it's not one little peanut on the screen, but two. Right. But after we saw our little peanuts, we realized that they did not have a heartbeat. And right. we had just lost them probably the day before right. at 10 weeks. 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Not it quite. was heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. It was, it, 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 most women that go through that know how heartbreaking it is. But I think what was really more heartbreaking is for years, Jason and I had been going back and forth. Do we have a second or do we not? Right. And so we finally made the decision to have the second baby. And then we lost not one, but two.
0: Mm-hmm. and it it almost destroyed me right emotionally yeah. it just do you in, in my my situation is certainly different but do you um like a lot of women think what did I do wrong
1: yes and I think the biggest thing for me is like I waited too long oh yeah I'm 37 years old right and I should have done this three years ago right. I waited too long my fertility is gone right. there's you know just
0: everything. You think about everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And what you did, and I I have a friend that again, right now uh, persecuting herself. Mm -hmm. What did I do? What did I do? Mm -hmm. Um, And the depression that comes with it. And of course there's, I think you do. You're once again, like women take Mm -hmm. on so much, Mm -hmm. which we're going to get to that, but women take on so much emotionally Mm -hmm. and um, my friend, her husband doesn't know how to help because it is very personal. Your hormonal. I mean, your, your hormones are out of whack anyway. Yes. And then you lose a child. Yes. And then it's worse. So what do you say to the women that have been where we have been? It's not your fault. Right. I remember thinking to myself,
1: the one thing that I was created to do, which was to make babies, I cannot do. Right. And that was just, that was... I don't know how to quite explain just how horrible that was. But my husband, what he did is he let me grieve. Mm-hmm. And he understood that it wasn't going to be an overnight thing. He took me out of town. He got me counseling. Um, and he let me talk. He let me grieve, which was wonderful. And then later on, when I wanted to pursue um, taking better care of myself, because that's one of the things we do. We're thinking, okay, well, I'm going to get back on that horse again, and I'm going to try for another baby, mm-hmm. you know, once we get to that point. And you go hog crazy with your health, and I did, and he was 100% supportive. Um, I researched water and how water affects your hormones. Because having filtered water and clean water does. Wow. My husband bought a water system for our house. He got me a gym membership and I went hog wild with the gym. I did Whole30. You did (laughs) Whole30. He he did Whole30 with me for one month. He's, you get one month, you can do the rest by yourself. (laughs) You're good. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, you can, you got this. But he was very, very supportive. And then um, he let me know constantly that if we never did have another baby, that he was happy with our life the way that it was. Right. And that was good in helping me to understand that we were going to be okay. I just had to take care of me. Right, right. I mean,
0: that's incredible because you need that.
1: I needed that. That um, allowing me to pursue my health, uh, it helped me to understand that I had what's called fibroids, uterine fibroids. Mm -hmm. I didn't know I had fibroids. But um, from what I come to understand now, The baby, my twins, they implanted on top of that fibroid, which is a, in most times, a benign growth that can be in or around the uterus. Mine were inside my uterus where the doctor, when I do the palpitation for your annual visit, they can't feel what's inside your uterus. Mm -hmm. So nobody knew. Wow. So the baby implanted on top of the fibroid and couldn't get nutrition to continue to grow. And that's why I suffered what's called a missed miscarriage. Right. I didn't, I never bled or anything like that. I thought everything was fine. Sure.
0: They just slowly stopped growing and slowly winding. Exactly. Exactly. So you didn't know. And then after you... After you, uh, you had a DNC, I'm sure, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: After you had your DNC, is that when they discovered the fibroids or was it much later?
1: I had the DNC and the doctor that did the DNC, she um, she noticed, she told me that she suspected I had one and I asked her what to do. She goes, oh, just try again. Oh. And I saw your face.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you could see my face, if you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> don't No, She I, said, just try again. You know, you know, she's not was, good advice. I didn't, I didn't think it was the best.
1: She's like, you can, you know, just try again and see if it does it or if it doesn't. It's, you know, your age and that age thing comes up again. And oh, it gosh. just makes you feel like, oh, Here I'm we go, older than Methuselah. What, <laughs> what did I do? A friend of mine heard about that. And she says, you need to get a second opinion. And that was the best advice ever. Oh, I did get a second opinion. That doctor recommended me to a specialist and we did what's called a cyst sonogram yeah. It's where they feel your uterus would die so they can see what's going on. And lo and behold, I had three fibroids about the size of a kumquat, which mm-hmm. is a small lemon. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, la, 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 la. <laughs> doctor's like, oh, we can take care of that. Wow. I'm like, seriously, he's like, yeah, come in in a month. And we'll basically do what's another, another DNC, but this time we'll use a camera Mm -hmm. and we'll cut them out and we'll cauterize them. We'll burn them shut. Okay. So I went in at 6
0: a.m. and I was home by noon. Wow. That quick. That quick. Okay. And then healing, of course. How long were you able to then try again, because you'd made the decision you wanted to have another child. So how long before you... We're able, able, to, able try to try. Again. Yes, I had the surgery January second of twenty nineteen.
1: I still remember, and he cleared us to try at the end of February of twenty nineteen. Okay, so I'm six two full se- months, right? Two full months.
0: Okay, yeah. All right, you're so, giving a lot of women help right now. Uh, please take it because you know they, you know that well. The, your mind is not right, but you you know that. They just feel like there's no hope.
1: Oh, yes. And it depends. Now, a girlfriend of mine, she had fibroids too. Hers were much larger and she had to have where her uterus was completely opened. Right. And where she actually had an incision in her uterus. I didn't have an incision in my uterus. I had, like I said, another type of DNC. Mm -hmm. So my recovery time was two months. Her recovery time was five months. Wow. However, she has a beautiful 9-month-old daughter. Okay. And I finally finally
0: conceived baby boy. That's right because okay so that was 2019 January so a year ago. Oh, no, year it
1: and took a, half. a year. It took a year. It took me a year to conceive him. We started trying at the end of February 2019 and I did not get pregnant with him until February 2020. Wow. And I I promise you by the time you know I did good the first 6 months. But month seventh, eighth, nine, I'm like, it's, i uh, you know, it's just kind of goes to your head that whole trying to conceive journey, and then I'm staring at a one year trying to conceive journey in my face, and then I'm like, okay, I give up, mm-hmm. I'm too old, um, it's it's we're done, we're we are, we are right. one and done, yeah. not by choice, but right. I'm gonna be thankful
0: for the child that I have. And then, bam, here he is. See, I think it's too. Um, and I'm talking to some of these girls, they know who they are. Um, it, you it's a mindset, too. Mm-hmm. And some of my friends that have been trying for years, and it's not fibroids, it's 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 they're just having a very difficult time. years yes. and years. and i I don't laugh, but I do give, and you you've heard women like this all the time. Mm-hmm. Just adopt. You're gonna get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's it's sometimes it happens. So I and I just feel for these women that 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 cannot just it's can't.
1: horrible. It's I horrible. was not able to go to a baby shower for a year. Oh gosh, I'd buy presents and gifts and send it, but mm-hmm. I could not physically go to any form of
0: baby shower right. for a it year. It was heartbreaking for you. Mm-hmm. Well, and um, when I had Kennedy, of course she's 21 now, and you talk about feeling guilty mm-hmm. because. The little toot would not turn. She was breech. She was breech. <laughs> I mm-hmm. mean, and, and if you know her now, she she was breech for a reason, and she wouldn't turn. And my doctor's like, I'm like, just turn her. And he said, if I turn her, you're you're little, and you'll you in twenty years you'll you'll hate me. And so we made the decision. He made the decision. C-section. Mm-hmm. And, as a mom, it's like I was devastated. I'm like, I'm not doing this the way I was supposed to do this. And you know, just going through that mental journey of guilt of what did I do to turn her was well, she just was like, no. she just found her I'd watch her, she'd turn and then mm, she'd go back. back. but he um, We had a C-section and it worked out beautifully, but I had this, like, was there some kind of reward I was supposed to get because I didn't have a vaginal delivery? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Beat
1: yourself up over every single little thing when it comes to childbirth, when it comes to nursing, all of it. And it's always the same phrase. I can't do what I was designed
0: to do, what's wrong with me. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. I was telling you, I had a Med doctor appointment yesterday for hormones. And, um, girl, wait till that comes. <laughs> <laughs> Menopause.
1: You know, after having gone through the fibroids, yes. I think I got a taste of what that's like. It's horrible. So my heart goes out to anybody
0: going through that. And it's, you know what, it's rite of passage Mm -hmm. and this is what we're supposed to do. So it's all good. But, but I was talking about the C-section with my doctor and, you know, she was just, she's like, you know, some people, this is the way of their life. Mm -hmm. And she asked me this question, through your pregnancy, were you sick? Were you not sick? What was your pregnancy like? I went for nine, almost 10 months. I was so sick every day, Aww. except for de- for for the fourth month. And everyone's like, you'll forget, you'll forget. i was so sick the whole time. And I was teaching cooking classes. oh, oh gosh. gosh, torture. <laughs> and um and she she um compared that to the different L, uh, levels of hormones mm-hmm. and what I'm going through now, with my hormones, just kind of mimicking what you're, you're high or low or mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. And so it was interesting her asking me, no one has ever asked me wh- what, what type of pregnancy I had like a doctor and how it relates to me. As a woman now going through menopause, is that interesting?
1: I think it is interesting. Is that crazy? I mean, no, I think that... it's good because it—that's how your body works. Mm-hmm. My school nurse once told me everybody does, every person does pregnancy different, mm-hmm. and each baby is different oh, too. Gosh, she's different from Jocelyn. Have you been? Have you felt fine? Or are you? Oh, oh, okay. So, wow. <laughs> <laughs> With Jocelyn, I was exhausted. I could not keep my eyes open. Um, I was sleepy, sleepy, tired with her. And then I got my wolf of energy and we did good. And at the end of the pregnancy, that girl was just so big and I had just gained so much weight. I felt like I had was wearing an elephant suit with her. <laughs> of course. But she's great. Jocelyn wouldn't turn either. She was posterior. She really? baby is supposed to face your, um, your booty. So yes, see? yes. Jocelyn was facing outward, um, oh my God. but she was head down.
0: Head down. So she when went.
1: I had the epidural for Jocelyn, the doctor literally grabbed her head and turned
0: her. She did turn her. She okay. did
1: turn her, and she was able she to be born vaginally. Yeah. This baby, um, I was sick, throwing up. Oh my gosh! Just just the first the first three months of the pregnancy with him. When I got to the fourth month. So far, we are smooth sailing. Smooth sailing. Yeah, I feel it creeping up on me. I carry him differently. Yeah. So I get out of breath easier. (laughs) And he's huge, he's heavy, and he even moves differently. Jocelyn would always move her fingers. He moves his shoulders. Oh gosh. And he will get right here
0: against my pelvis and I'm like, I can't walk. I'm like, baby, move. Go back <laughs> up. Go back up. Maybe he is a boy then, yeah, for sure. He Isn't is that a boy. interesting? Now everyone, she keeps saying she's big. If you're looking on YouTube, she's not big. I'm gonna stand up. Look I'm at stand. she's. Gonna... has <laughs> She's got the belly button out though, for sure. Yeah, oh my gosh, you're, he, you're he's adorable. He's turned the right way. Good for him. Um,
1: I did um, his my placenta is in the way with him just slightly. So the doctor has let me know that there is a possibility that I might too have a C section mm-hmm. with him if they don't move the placenta. I don't want a C section. I know you don't, but but you, you know what? Do I it. want this baby so bad. Surely. that At the end of the day, healthy baby, mm-hmm. healthy birth. Healthy pregnancy, mm-hmm. and if having a C
0: section is the healthiest thing, then that's what we're going to oh, do. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, yes, it's it's um it's it is what it is, and as mommies, we will certainly do that yeah. for sure. Like- okay, so once you had Jocelyn, I, I one of your favorite songs and. You want me to sing it? (laughs) I might. (laughs) One of her favorite songs is Superwoman. Yes. Oh Uh, my God. And you do sing it in the car, you say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I am. Super woman oh she can do it I can <laughs> Alicia Keys Alicia Keys yes Alicia so Keys, superwoman how many of you women are think you're super women after you have your babies and you go back to work and you experienced that didn't you mm-hmm. oh my gosh another similarity you and I have back issues so carry oh, yeah. on yeah yeah, yep. yeah 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 so you went back to work and I went back to work with my brand
1: new baby and married and I'm running a house and you just live in life and I can do anything. I don't need anybody's help, you know, just on occasion. I am superwoman. I can pump breast milk. I can (laughs) tend to my second graders. I can get out of my car and carry my laptop, my diaper bag, my breast pump, and my child in one arm. And I did that for a couple of months, and I hurt myself. Mm -hmm. I slipped a disc in my neck with just too much weight on my body here. Um, My C3 and C4 in my neck forever slide in and out. I have what's called a dislocated disc in my neck. And I learned the hard way. Mm -hmm. Ask for help. It's so you can be Superwoman in your heart. But getting help doesn't mean that you are not superwoman.
0: Absolutely, ask for help. I know, mm-hmm. and I have so many men in my life. My brother and my precious friend Trevor, they are some of the best fathers mm-hmm. because they just step in and get it done. They do. they they give the mom nights off. My friends night off. Mm-hmm. They are just the epitome. And I'm I'm missing several people. Um, the epitome when it comes to their wives needing help. It's mm-hmm. almost like they can read. Yeah. You know, like I'm sure Jason can. Oh, yeah. I mean, they can read it. And the problem is we do think we're super women and we won't tell them. We won't tell and we won't ask and Mm-mm. and you we know, won't accept. Won't accept. Exactly. And I encourage all of you when you girls that are getting pregnant, that, that you do ask for help for yeah. sure. Because I think that's a flaw in women. We just have to have this badge of honor. We've talked about this many times yeah. throughout this, throughout this program today. So.
1: Especially working moms. Oh gosh. Um, working inside the home is, is hard. Working outside the home is just at hard. Both jobs are hard no matter what. But the thing about working outside of the home is that you have to mentally switch gears. Mm-hmm. And you with, with being at home, because being an elementary school teacher, I get to be or at least get to pretend like I'm a stay-at-home mom in the summers. Right. And I can pick up a task at home and drop it later and then pick it back up again. But working outside the home, I leave my house. There's no picking up something and dropping something off. It's a delineation of two spaces Mm -hmm. and I have to care for my classroom just as I care for my household.
0: Jennifer, let's, let's, let's erase COVID and say that this, it's not here any longer. Mm -hmm. You have two children. Mm -hmm. You have a boy and a girl. Will you go back to teaching? Yes, you will. Mm-hmm. Made that decision. Oh, that yeah, is so easy. great. easy because yeah. now you've you've done it with one and, and and Jason works out of the house so that
1: he you know. yeah, he works from home mm-hmm. and he his schedule is flexible. but um, I, I want my little ones to have that nice foundation of elementary school. Mm-hmm. And since I work for the elementary school, my babies get to come with me. That's right. And so I get to be with them all. Imagine how awesome that is oh. to see what your kid is during the, doing during the day. I know who her friends are. I knew who her teacher Teachers. is. So... Just for not just the money, but just for that fact alone, getting to be there at school every single day with my child, even if I'm not in her face, mm-hmm. I know
0: what she's doing. Right, and
1: I know <laughs> you got this for better or for worse. I am the world's biggest helicopter mommy, and I'm oh, not
0: I don't know if you could. I'm not sure if you can. You can beat me because I'm still helicopter okay, my yeah, kid. Yes, and I'm not going to apologize. To no. They need, not, you. I don't, they need you. They need you. Absolutely. Um, I was made fun of. Some mm-hmm. of you made fun of me because I was just like over okay. my daughter. And um, I, I, she's. They she, grew up she's to be good. better people. Yeah. They ab- do. Absolutely. And, you know, um, the, the, the education right now with Kennedy teaching herself. So she was diagnosed ADHD mm-hmm. in junior high Teachers, teachers and friends that, because I didn't want to accept that, you know, as a mom, what did I do wrong? Did I drop her when she oh, was? Yeah. A, oh yeah. 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 No. We had her, um, tested and the psychologist asked me if I dropped her. Are you kidding me? Did yeah. she fall or anything? And I was just feel, did you drink something wrong? Did you no. take drugs? No. So that was a really tough and that goes back to a physician getting a second opinion. Yes. Okay. So, you know, the education with, um, she was, she just thought, I, she had a meltdown after spring break saying, I can't teach myself. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm in school. I have to be there with a the teacher, you mm-hmm. know, TCU. Had, you know, oh, yeah, yeah they're, they're still on spring break. But there, um, she just said, I can't do it. I can't do it. And by this helicopter, mom, I said, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. You got this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do anything. And she has. And she will continue to do it. It breaks my heart for these kids all of this ages. But. Because they're not experiencing what you and I experienced. Yeah. Um. They'll. 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 Will. It'll be. They'll be back. But these kids going back to the helicopter, mom. I did. I helicopter her. Oh yeah. Brains out. My daughter is dyslexic. <laughs> oh, gosh. My daughter is.
1: dyslexic. So you get me. Oh, I get you. And uh, what is crazy is, um, I diagnosed her, not her teachers. She was in pre-K, and I saw tendencies towards dyslexia. And I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, she's dyslexic. And the, the school system likes to wait till they're a little bit older. Mm-hmm. They like them to be around seven or eight at the end of first grade before they make that decision. But I know my child. You know your kid. And I know how much work and effort and energy that we put into literacy. And I knew that that little girl was dyslexic. So I started those proceedings in kindergarten. She wasn't diagnosed to first grade, but we got a whole year jump on that. Wow. You know your child for better or for worse, you as a parent. Mm -hmm. So you are your child's first and best teacher, whether you know it or not, because you know that kid. You do. You do. And you'll see the signs. Yeah. And helicoptering is not bad. And just because you don't have the answer doesn't mean that you can't go find the resources. Now, Mm -hmm. I I was trained to recognize tendencies of dyslexia in students. I have not been trained how to teach dyslexia. I can now. You can now? I found out how. Wow. Wow.
0: How's she doing? She's doing great. Isn't that fabulous? She's soaring. Oh, gosh. So, yeah. Yeah. You find out. Mm-hmm. You research it. and No, and no, she out. wasn't
1: dropped, and I didn't eat anything weird, and blah 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 blah. Oh I know. Did that's you a, eat fish?
0: Yes. No, I, I don't did. eat fish. I, I ate fish.
1: No, that's how she was made. That's how she was made. Sure. Yes, I did. You know, it scared me at first too to get that type of diagnosis, but I'm like, no, this is not a death sentence. ADHD, mm-hmm. dyslexia. Autism, the whole gamut. That sure. is not a death sentence. Mm-mm. It's just something that you work with.
0: Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. I know. I um, my daughter got to TCU, and and I was I was worried about her. You know, in a, in the larger system, yeah. um, she just soared. She just. Yeah. She's just killed it. But and they soar because we are helicopter mommies. Mm-hmm. So yes, I will be going back in the classroom so I can be a helicopter <laughs> mommy to this one too. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So I have to ask you a question okay. and you've watched me and I've watched you mm-hmm. for a while and we're both influencers and bloggers. Yeah. You're, you're, I mean, I am a chef first and I, I'm still chefing, but an influencer and, and blogger, you've talked about your first year. And I just had my first year in April. Gosh, Uh okay. So we're about a year and a half in. Yeah. So can you give me any advice? Like, are any of these people that are wanting to do this? I mean, it's obviously an extension of our creativity. Yes, it is. But Tell me about your first year and give me some advice.
1: Oh, first piece of make sure that you're doing what you love. If you create content, you create it because you love it. And it's something that you believe in. Don't create content simply to buy into what everybody else is saying. Right? Don't do that because it's fake and it's phony, and people know it. Exactly. Um, don't. I, I, you know, there's do's and there's don'ts, but I'm just going to start with the don't. Don't rely upon we want. We care about the opinions of our audience, but we're not about likes here. We're mm-hmm. not about followers here. I'm. I wrote a blog post explaining that I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Right. I am not going to connect with every single person that comes across me. And that is okay. So as a fa- as a person, as an influencer, under- you want to connect with your audience, but you need to understand that not everybody is going to choose to be part of your audience. Right. Exactly. So not don't let current. it get you down. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. You know, and it's, um, I, I'm i a food, I, I my degree is in food, my undergraduate and my graduate degree. And um, my experience is that. And so you would think that my followers would push me to food. Right. Mm -hmm. You would think that, I mean, Mm -hmm. just like yours would be education and it's the other way. It's more lifestyle. It's more fashion and, Mm -hmm. and beauty and interiors. And it's just kind of taken me, you know, but I, 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 you're right. Because I have to say now, I want to get more of that food back in because mm-hmm. that's what I know. I mean, you 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 do what you know, mm-hmm. and so that is fabulous advice. I love that. It's up to you to sprinkle that
1: food in. Mm-hmm. So yes, you do talk about lifestyle and travel. I love watching you and your husband travel, and you talk about your daughter and how she's growing. So you have that whole mommy aspect. But if food is your thing, sprinkle food in there. Right. Have a day that you devote strictly to meal prep. Or tasting new foods, and they won't
0: forget that that's what you're all about. That's what you're that's what my roots are. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. Yes, and you were talking about um, not everyone's cup of tea is on your life lessons from your blog. Yes, and, and you know, there's, it, I don't know, has has everyone gone through this? Um, there's that one person that doesn't like me, mm-hmm. or are they? It may they they may not like me. They just don't even care to like me. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to get them. I'm going to make them yeah, love it because yeah. <laughs> It took me a little while to to get over. Not everyone's going to be not going to like me, and
1: and you're not going to like everybody else either. That's true, though. Nobody (laughs) wants to nobody wants to say that part. That's true. Nobody wants to say that part, but it is true. And uh, for me, I I think people learn that lesson in their teenagehood when they go from being high school to college. Well, I learned that lesson later. That some of the friends that I grew up with, or you know, they were people that. They were there for a season in my life. And now they're not in my life anymore. That's right. And it's heartbreaking sometimes when you think back to those memories, mm-hmm. but we grow and we change. We don't, and we don't necessarily change for the better or worse, but just our interest changes. Sure. We are changes mm-hmm. and we might find ourselves. We're not everybody's cup of tea.
0: That's right. Okay. You know, um, you and Jason will go through this. Um, Greg and I, and my ex husband and his wife, we were very involved because Kennedy cheered mm-hmm. from junior high, of middle school, all the way to high school. Okay, so seven years of yeah. cheering. Okay, yeah. We were with the same parents for seven years during football season, basketball season. We went out, we were social. We love these people, those Vandegrift Viper people. And Greg and I were talking this weekend how much we miss them because they, they graduate and go. Yeah. They're gone. Yeah. The kids are gone. And so you're, then you're like empty nesters. Yes. And you're like, what happened to all my friends? I oh, am my friends. Like absolutely. So we've now developed a new group of friends and we miss our friends desperately, but we've moved to a different stage of our life. And... It's sometimes difficult, but because yeah. we do, we have friends because of our children, right? We,
1: I, I know what you're talking about. I'm not to that stage of life yet. No. But Jason and I, we have friends that are still single who are not married. Same. We have friends that are married, but no kids. My sister's a good example. For babies only. She is not interested in having children of her own. But yet here we are, husband, wife with two babies. Right. So, But you know what? That's my friend. Mm -hmm. And so we've just made it our goal as a couple to still reconnect with them. So we'll give Jocelyn and later on baby boy to grandma or grandpa. Mm -hmm. And we'll go have a date night and go see a movie. right? Just us as a friend together. My friend who's single, he'll come over and we'll play games and we'll do board nights or whatever. And that's nice. And then I've learned as a wife, I want my spa night. Jason, you go hang out with him, right? (laughs) You'll have a nice time out and I'll stay home and play in the bubble bath. Right. And that way. He still gets his guy time with his friend that's not married.
0: It's about balance. It's about balance, and that is healthy, let Mm -hmm. me tell you. Well, Jennifer, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, and I want you to follow her. Go to her website, sassyteachersheek.com, and then at sassyteachersheek, of course, on Instagram. And um, I just... I think you're Superwoman. Yeah, thank you. I really, really do. I admire you. I've admired you from afar, and I'm so glad we connected. And I look forward to a blooming friendship. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Absolutely, we'll be watching. This oh yeah. baby boy, baby boy. I'm so excited for him. I know you are. It shows. It shows. <laughs> and everyone, thank you so much for listening today to us. We've had a great time today. And everyone, please follow me at Tiffany C. Blackman on Instagram, and please go rate and review. View us on Apple, all the platforms on this podcast, and let us know what you're thinking and have a fabulous day.